0: Lord God, we do thank you for this morning. We thank you for our weather, God. It's a beautiful day, Lord, and it's a beautiful day always to be with you. At the same time, we remember those in Texas that are just uh feeling the whole brunt of the hurricane the tropical storm and that you would be with them that that you would you would help them through all this difficult time and all this weather all the wind all the rain lord we pray for pastor ron and yanni and their church calvary chapel uh houston over there that you would you continue to be with them help them and just lord may they be a light too throughout all all this uh that is going on right now and god we pray that you would bless Our time here in your word, we ask that you touch and anoint it, that your Holy Spirit would move in a powerful way in our lives, God, that truly we'd be changed, brought closer to you, God, that you would touch on areas in our life that we need to work on, Lord, that you would help us to leave here, God, different than the way we came in. So we ask, Lord, for your blessing, your touch, your favor to be upon us, your mercy, God to be be put upon us so he asks this in jesus name amen well i read about two not too smart carpenters who were nailing up the siding of a house one of them would reach down into his nail pouch pull out a nail and either toss it over his shoulder or nail it in with his hammer the other man seeing this asked why are you throwing those nails away well, this first one explained if I put a, pull a nail out of my pouch and it's pointed toward me, I throw it away because it's defective. If it's pointed toward the house, then I nail it in. Well, the second ca- carpenter was a little bit upset with that and said, You're crazy. The nails pointed toward you aren't defective, therefore, the other side of the house. Well, you would not want those two to build your house, right? I don't think it still will be standing even for one day. Well, as we continue and return, actually, to our study through the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul uses a construction analogy, a building analogy, to show how the Corinthian believers are to build the church or even build their own lives so that it would all be built to last. And that's the title of our message this morning, built to last, built to last. We're going to be studying 1 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 10 through 17 this morning. We left off last time in verse 9, so we're picking it up here in verse 10. And today we're going to see three things, and this is our outline. Number one, the foundation. Number two, the construction. And number three, the inspection so let's begin here built to last is our title for our number one in our outline is the foundation let's begin here the foundation first corinthians chapter 3 verse 10 now just the first part we're going to take a look here it says according to the grace of god which was given to me as a wise master builder i have laid the foundation and another builds on it we'll pause right there well, we begin here. The Apostle Paul is writing here. Is continuing on in this letter that we've been studying. And he says this in verse 10. According to the grace of God which was given to me. What's he talking about? Well, Paul is talking about his calling. His calling to serve God right away, up front, he says, was, was all about God's grace in his life. Paul opens this next section here with, I'm nothing special, basically. He's saying, it's not me. It's all of grace. It's all of grace in my life. Later, we're going to see Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. So Paul knew everything he is, everything he does, how he serves, everything, is all because of the grace of God put upon his life. Now, this is very important because remember the the Corinthians were were having this division and contention going on because they're saying, well, I'm a Paul, I'm a a Apollos, I'm a Peter, Cephas, you know, we like these guys, these guys are better, and Paul's like, you know what, I'm nothing special here, and especially as he comes into this section, he's saying, you know what, it's all of grace, really. I'm serving, what I do, my calling is all of grace. So, what is God called Paul to do by grace? Well, he goes on here in verse 10. He says, As a wise master builder, just as a wise or expert master builder does, Paul says, I have laid the foundation. So, Paul, as this general contractor, that's really the, the idea. He laid the spiritual foundation for the church, for the believers here in the city of Corinth. And then he says, and another builds on it so I laid the foundation a spiritual foundation and another guy he came in he built upon that foundation that's maybe like Apollos or another teacher itinerant preachers that came through that, that built upon this foundation so the idea here is Paul was that general contractor who first laid down the spiritual foundation while others built upon that now last time we were together we stopped at verse 9 and if you remember if you take a look up there it says for we are God's fellow workers you are God's field Paul and the other teachers we learned they're nothing but they're nothing special they're they're just laborers working for God in in God's field the Corinthian believers were the plantings the crops the harvest in God's field there and they're they're just laborers working for god they're nothing special because of all this division going on people thinking they're special Paul, look look we're just all servants of the lord remember we saw that god is the important one it's about god he's the one who, who some may water and plant but he's the one that makes you grow well then at the end of verse nine he switches the analogy from a planting from a field to a building he says you are god's building So Paul went from agriculture to architecture, basically. The Corinthian believers are like the building of God. They're a building. They're the building of God. So that's why we're talking about construction here. That's why we're talking about building here as we come into verse 10. Now, the second part of verse 10, Paul goes on. He says, But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Verse 11, For no other foundation... Can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ? So Paul goes on here. He he says, take heed! be careful now how you build on that foundation that I have laid. Notice it says here in verse 10, but each one must be careful. Here we see it's not just talking about pastors or teachers who teach building up the church, but he's really including every believer. Yeah. In their lives, not just the church, in their lives. Now, this passage, it can be applied just to pastors, just to churches, leaders in our way. But I believe it also applies to each one of us, it applies to individual believers in your life too. Now, it's important how you build because Paul says in verse 11 For there's no other foundation. There's no no other real thing. There's no other solid foundation that anyone can lay than that which is laid, which is what? Jesus Christ. Out of everything in the world, everything we have in our lives, there's no other foundation that really is worth anything, that really matters, that really is solid, that really can do anything, and that is Jesus Christ. And even in all this, Paul is saying, hey, it, it's, it's not about me. It's not about what I've done, you know. It's about this foundation in Jesus Christ. John MacArthur said, he, that's Paul, did not design the foundation. He only laid it. What is he talking about? Well, remember, Paul was the first one to come into the city of Corinth. He was a pioneer. He was the missionary. He was the evangelist that came into that city and first shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. And people got saved. And then as people got saved, a church was born. And so Paul, remember, we learned that he had been there like 18 months, a year and a half, establishing this church. He laid the foundation. But what is the foundation? Jesus Christ. So here's Paul. This is what he's saying. The only way to build a to build is upon the true foundation, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's, that's what he's saying here. This is what he, he's really putting forth here for us. The only way to build, or the only way to build is upon the true foundation, and that's Jesus Christ. Now, we all understand the importance of a solid foundation, right? If not, the building could be unstable. If not, the building could fall. I always think about how in Italy, there's that tower, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yeah, Pisa. Pizza. I always think of pizza, but, you know, that Leaning Tower of Pisa, yeah? Did you know it's tilted off-center, 12 feet and 10 inches? It's way off. Why? Well, this 192-foot-high tower is sitting upon a 10-foot foundation in soft soil. No wonder it's leaning. No wonder... And they've tried to do things to keep it from leaning They they stopped it put weights and shored up this side and that but through all these years it's, it's you know really as soon as it was built it started to lean because why there was not a solid foundation put down first well, In the same way you and i our foundation is jesus christ our foundation is jesus if not you know what? We're on shaky ground. We're on soft ground. If not, oh, things are unstable. If not, our life, yeah, could crumble, could fall. Some build on different kind of foundations, don't they? Like wealth, their money, that's what their foundation is. That's what they're about. That's what they lay. That's what they, that they lean upon and build upon. Some, it's about success or I got to get power and control. How about Some people say, well, you know, spiritually, it's good works. If I do good works, that's my foundation. Some people build their foundation on good morals. Some build it on, well, it's all about love. Yeah, yeah. That's all we need is love, right? Right? And and that's okay. As long as we have good feelings, yeah, we're okay. And that's the foundation. But those things... Right? Feelings aren't stable, are they? They're always going up and down. They're shaky. But any of these things, they're not a solid foundation. They're not what we need in our lives. I mean, these things will not free a person from their sins, find forgiveness, and bring them into heaven. No, not at all. Without building on the foundation of Jesus Christ, any church, any ministry, even any person, any life, will eventually crumble. Eventually the building will lean and it will fall. Christianity is about what? Jesus Christ, right? It's about Jesus, about the gospel salvation of what he did, who he is. It's about Jesus Christ. And that's the foundation Paul is talking about. That's what we build upon. Sadly, even in, in certain churches, they think the foundation is the apostles. Some say it's the early church fathers, the leaders after the apostles. Some say, well, no, it's tradition. Tradition. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, right? That's what it's all about. No, it's about Jesus Christ. If it's tradition, you know, sometimes you ask people, well, why do you do that? Oh, and they say, I don't know. We just always done that. I read about a new bride who was sawing off the end of the ham, and the neighbor asks, why do you do that? Does it make like the ham taste better or something? The young woman said, I don't know. It's just what my mother always did. So the neighbor trying to find out what the reason she talked to the mother and asked the same question. Why do you saw the end of the ham? Well, the mother's reply was, you know what? I don't know. But I know my mother always did it. So the neighbor got hold of the grandma on the phone and asked this question about sawing the end of the ham. Does it like, help cook it faster or make it more tender? No, said the grandma. You know I, I saw the end of ham. Well, I never owned a baking pan large enough to hold the ham. Sometimes traditions are built on basis of things that really help. Tradition, that's not what our foundation should be. It has to be based our life, our foundation, the church, is based on Jesus Christ. The truth of Jesus. The truth of Jesus. What we find in God's word. That's how we know. Isn't this what scriptures teach? Jesus said that in John 5, 39, You search the scriptures, and these are they which testify of me. So the only foundation that will stand the test of time is Jesus Christ. It's not some philosophy, not a quote-unquote religion or a ritual, tradition, nothing can truly save us but Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is talking about. Paul is saying the only way to build is upon the true foundation, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Is that your foundation? Is it Jesus? Or is it other things? Maybe you walked in here and, well, I want to go to church. But in your mind, church is more about some ritual. Or church is about following these traditions. Or churches about, well, I got to try and do some good works and then I'll I'll be okay with God. No, those things aren't a, that's a shaky foundation. The true foundation is Jesus Christ. Well, let's go on here now to number two in our outline, the construction, the construction. Here in our built to last, we've got to worry about number one, the foundation. Now we come to number two, the construction, the construction. Look at verse 12, verse Corinthians 3. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. We're going to stop right there. All right. So Paul's saying, okay, say on this foundation of Jesus Christ, remember he said, be careful what you build with. Be careful what what you're going to put on that foundation, build from there. For you know what? He's going to go on in the next verse and say, you know why? Because it's going to be tested. It's going to be tested with fire. It's going to be tested. And we're going to see that in our next section. But first, Paul puts out the construction materials, the building materials. What is this construction made with? Well, Paul lists them here. Now, here we see one, two, three, four, five, six things, but they're actually two groups of building material that can be used to build on top of the foundation. There's two groups. One group is worthwhile things. A second group is worthless things. So the first group, worthwhile things, these are the valuable things. Here you list gold, silver, precious stones. Now, precious stones speak of materials like like marble or granite, some things like that, precious things, nice things. These things are permanent. These things are lasting. These things are a beauty. They're very valuable. They're worthwhile materials to use in the building to put upon the foundation. Now, there's a second group here, and this is what I call worthless things. They're cheap. They're kind of junk. They're, they're they're wood, hay, and straw. Uh, straw is stubble, like, like just a rubbish kind of stuff of the planting. These things are passing. These things are temporary. These things are ordinary. So you see there's two groups of material, worthwhile things, worthless things. Things of quality, things that are not of quality, things that are junk. So pretty simple, you can see the groupings here. Well, what do these building materials represent? We know hey when you when they built the temple, you know, it was covered in gold, silver, it was made nice. Yeah. But the regular dwellings of homes, you know, wood, hay, stubble, all this stuff. What, 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 but what do the building materials really represent for us, for the church? What does it mean in the way we live our life? Well, let me first tell you what it doesn't represent. It doesn't represent wealth, though. Gold, silver is 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 you know precious stones they're they're worth a lot but it's not about money it's not about wealth it's not about like resources you have to give to the lord uh, it, it can't be that because um, god you know blesses some some god blesses uh, others god sometimes just keeps us you know normal or not too much money that'll be unfair if it, it were to be how much wealth we have so it doesn't represent wealth it does not represent talents or gifts. God gives that according to his plan, his will, what he wants to do with your life. So no one is better than the other person. Nor does these things, It is. it does not represent like opportunity. The All, all these different building materials, they're, they're not about opportunity. Because whether a church or ministry is large or small, that's not an indicator yeah of 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 you that it it has not it's not those things it does not represent like wealth talents gifts or even opportunity so what are these building materials then well i'll tell you what they are they represent our actions and attitudes they represent our actions and attitudes or we can say they represent our works and our motives Behind the works, our works and our motives. So I'm putting it all together here, but our actions and attitudes, our works and motives, it's all all together here. That's what these things represent. Why do I say that? Well, take a peek at verse 13. The second part says, the fire will test each one's what? Works. That's your actions. And it goes on and says, of what sort it is. That speaks about what quality is, and it's not. It, it's about how it's done in the quality, your motive, your attitudes behind it. In other words, it speaks of the heart behind the action. That's the idea. It's our attitudes, it's our actions, and our attitudes behind it. It's our the work, the deeds we do, and our motive behind that. You know, someone might say this. They might. They might. Say, hey, I want to use my voice for the Lord. I want to glorify God. I want, I want to worship Him and lead people in worship. I want to glorify God. That's goal. Yeah. That, that that's pure motive. However, someone might say, you know, I want to lead worship, but they really say it because they want to be seen by people. They want to be up on the st- stage. They want to bring glory to themselves. That's wood. Someone might. Give to the church out of their own resources with joy, no one knowing how much they they just give it out of their heart. And you know what? That's silver. But then someone might give a large check and blow the trumpet, right? And let everyone, well, I, I gave this. You know, that's hey, that's that motive behind it. Someone may serve the Lord, maybe back in Keiki Church over there, humbly, faithfully precious stones sir. Yet some serve with this fleshly attitude. Complain, yeah, and they're serving but well, I can't believe they do this like this. Yeah. Oh, you know, I know better. I you should do it like this. And just this attitude. That's straw. That's the stubble. You see, it's not just the action, the work or deed that matters, but it's the attitude and the motive behind it. Yeah. They're together in this. Your heart And what you do is important. It's important to God. That's why there's gold, silver, precious stones. But if we don't have the right heart behind it, it's that wood, hay, and stubble. You see, these materials are important, right? What you use to build upon the foundation. It should be materials that are worthy of the foundation, right? It should match the foundation paul saying hey you get these two groups you get different materials yeah but the materials used is important because it should match that foundation what did paul say in verse 10 the second part he said take heed be careful yeah be careful how he builds on it on what the foundation of jesus be careful how you build on this foundation Ray Steadman wrote, gold and silver and costly stones are permanent. They are abiding. They never fail. They do not slip off the foundation. They are, and I like this, in line with the nature of the foundation. So the building materials, our action, our attitude, our deeds, our works, and our heart, our motive behind it, it should match who? Jesus Christ. It should match him. It should be done in faithfulness, godliness, and obedience to him. Remember the situation that's going on here. Paul's been addressing this whole time, right? The church was filled with division, contention, strife, because strife, they're, they're being fleshly. Yeah? They're, they're approaching things in the world, worldly ways. Uh, they're selfish. They're prideful. They're giving into to their fleshly desires. We've been covering all of this in this first part of this chapter. So, does that way of doing things really glorify Jesus? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, what kind of church building would that be? What kind of church would that be? What, is that how we build the church with fleshly things, with these divisions and strife and, and, and worldly wisdom? Is that the kind of materials we should be using? No, it's not in line. With the foundation it doesn't match the foundation, it doesn't match what Jesus would want. So, Paul states this there are different materials to build with things worthwhile and things worthless. The things worthwhile match that foundation, the things worthless they don't, they're not in line with the foundation of Jesus Christ. So, Paul, you're stating there are different materials to build with things worthwhile and things that are worthless what are we building with what are we we're all part of our ohana here our church family our church how are we coming into our body here and how are we building it how are we building our own lives what kind of materials are you using Yes, Jesus has saved you. That's the foundation. Yes, you come to know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You know you have eternal life. You're a new creation. The Holy Spirit is in you. Now, how are you building on that? Is it with the flesh? Is it with self? Is it with pride? Is it with the wood, hay, and stubble? Or is it with gold and silver and the precious stones? Is it worthwhile things or the worthless things? There's different materials there, but we have a choice in that. You know, years ago, I remember uh, Justin bought this small, like, garden trawl. Um it was, it was one of those tiny, small ones. You know, he went, ran to Ace with Grandpa and got this troll. And he was all excited. He came back, hey, Dad, I got this. And you know what? It was really inexpensive. He said it was real cheap. I don't know. I don't know if it was like a dollar or something you know, on sale in that table. And Ace, you know, they have that center thing, they have it on sale. And he goes yeah was, he was just all excited because he got a deal on it look i got this straw uh yeah it was a deal but you know what it almost broke right away the plastic handle came off and everything and but he was determined he still used it without the handle you know and, and all that i was thinking about that you know i've done that many times you know you want to save money so you buy something less expensive right and you, you get that thing, and you bring it home, you start using it, and then it doesn't last. It just breaks right away. And I think, well, you get what you pay for, right? And, I, and I'm thinking, you know what, next time, even if it costs more, I'm raising the standard here. Yeah, I'm going to get something better, better quality, You know, something I, I know that will last and not waste my money. And we, we, we understand that, so we raise our standard even if you have to pay more. Well, here's Paul presenting these things. Here's Paul saying, "Hey, there's different materials to build it: the worthwhile, the worthless things. You know, the things that are quality, the things that ah, they're kind of junk. What are you going to choose? Well, I say, you know, we got to raise our standard here. We got to build this church and our life with the lasting things, not the junk things." not the cheap things, the things of quality, the things that that are eternal, not temporary, the things of gold and silver and precious stones. we got to live for God. Our actions, our works, our deeds, yeah? They should be done with golden motives and attitudes, yeah? Not our fleshly, selfish, prideful things. No, it's and it's it's not about me, right? Who's it about? Jesus. Let's not use substandard materials anymore in our life. Let's raise the standard of how we build upon the foundation of Jesus in our life. Let's follow what Paul is going to even unfold before us more and more. Is that you know we we gotta follow God's building code here. You know? He wants us to be faithful he wants us to be loyal he wants us to be obedient all with our heart and love for jesus he wants our motives to be pure it's not for ourselves it's for jesus for his glory for his honor he wants us to live in that manner in everything we do so let's follow quote-unquote that building code yeah in 1992 hurricane andrew destroyed thousands of homes in south florida Yet, in an area where the wreckage looked like a war zone, one house remained standing. An article said, still firmly on its foundation. When the reporter came around and asked the homeowner why his house had not been blown away, he replied, he said this, I built this house myself. I also built it according to the Florida State Building Code. When the code called for two-by-six roof trusses, I used two-by-six roof trusses. I was told, this homeowner said, I was, I was told a house built according to code could withstand a hurricane. And then he said, and it did. How about you? What is your building code? What is your standard that you use in your life to build upon that foundation? Let's raise the standard, you guys. Let, let's not just give in to our flesh or yeah, wh- whatever. Let's raise that standard and live for God and not ourselves anymore. No more. All right, let's move on here now to number three, the inspection. The inspection. Built to last, you see number one, the foundation. Number two, the construction. And now number three, the inspection. The inspection. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. Now, Paul goes on and says, now, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. All right, so Paul's saying, okay, whatever materials you're you're building with, whatever anyone or the church is building, you know, each one, there's that again, each one's work will become clear. It'll be evident. No matter what materials you use, you know, you may use gold, you may use wood, you may use wood and paint it as gold. Yeah. It may look good. Yeah. It may seem okay. What you're doing, your deeds. Oh yeah, they they they're really giving a lot. Oh yeah. Oh, they're really helping a lot of people, but maybe in the heart it's not for their for God's glory, it's for their glory, it's for their own. Yeah. So Paul's saying, Hey, it'll become clear, it'll be evident. Well when? For the day, he says here, will declare. What's the day? It's the day of judgment. It's the day when you stand before God and God sees everything and God looks at you and what you've done. Now, the day will declare because it will be revealed, what, by fire. What kind of material, the kind of material that you used in building will be revealed by fire? What's that? Well, that's God's discerning judgment. It's his holy fire. And this holy fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. The holy fire will test or show what what this building material you use, what it's about, what sort, the quality. Is it gold or is it wood? Is it silver or is it hay? Is it is it precious stone or just stubble or straw? Now understand this is not speaking about the great white throne judgment. Paul's here talking, about talking to believers here. The great white throne judgment is for unbelievers regarding sin and salvation. Believers, right, we have no condemnation in Jesus Christ. Romans 8.1. No, this is talking about what is called the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. Take a moment, turn to the right, turn to 2 Corinthians. Chapter five verse ten. Second Corinthians chapter five verse ten. Paul writes here Second Corinthians five ten. He says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. All all meaning the believers. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. They're going to be judged on their actions, their deeds, and how they live their life, believers are. And as we are connecting it to 1 Corinthians 3 here, our our actions and attitude, our, our works and motive behind it, our heart behind everything we do. Here in Second Corinthians 5.10 it says before the judgment seat of Christ. Judgment seat is actually the Greek word bema or bema some people call it. It's the bema seat. It's, it's the judgment seat of Christ as believers are judged in how they live their life for the Lord or not. It's not about salvation. It's about now after salvation how we live our life. Back then the 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 Olympics would have a Bema seat, an, a reward seat. It means reward. And so at the end of the Olympics, the, the winner would, would go to the, that get that Bema, that, that Bema, that reward. And so this is the idea here, the judgment seat of Christ that believers would, would get. Okay, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So with this, Paul's going to talk about three types Builders, God will inspect your works. This is the inspection of what what is good, you'll see, will pass the test, and what doesn't will not pass the test. And He explains it through this God put Paul puts forth three types of builders in this inspection using this building analogy. And first of all, in verse 14, He talks about the good builder. This is the good builder, verse 14. If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. So, first of all, this good builder, when, it, when his building, his deeds, his works with the right motive, is tested by fire, by the holy fire, by God's discernment, his judgment upon and looking at his life, his work, his building, it will endure, it remains. The, this is the gold, silver, precious stones, the building that has been made with those things, with quality that's valuable. It's lasting. It's eternal. So the good builder who builds with quality material will be rewarded in the end. One of my favorite quotes I said before by C.T. Studd is this, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last i love that so there's a good builder here tested by fire who it stands there the holy fire of god no problem well in verse 15 next is the what i call the wasteful builder the wasteful builder verse 15 if anyone's work is burned he will suffer loss but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire so the second builder here is a wasteful builder, the one who wasted the opportunity by not using the good material, but chose to use wood, hay, and stubble, or straw, right? Cheap junk. And, and once the fire of God tested it, it burned up. So the wasteful builder's house did not survive. There was no works to show what what remained. Only the Foundation, only that they were saved, yeah. Only that none of the works that they did, so they do not get no reward. Last year, uh, July, a fire burned a house in Haiku home in Haiku a Haiku home there, and this one thousand one hundred square foot house was totally destroyed. And 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 I remember what the article said. It said the family lost everything. That's the idea. Some believers just make it into heaven. They just make it. Their clothes are just smelling like smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They just make it in. They've lost everything. All that they did. All, all, all their service. Yeah, All the giving. Everything. Why? Because they built with wood. Hay. Straw. It wasn't pure motives. They had an attitude every time. They were fleshly every time. So there's no reward. So we have the good builder. We have the wasteful builder. And then now, thirdly, we have the shady builder. That's what I call him. The shady builder. Verse 16 and 17, our last two verses this morning. Verse 16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So we understand this, right? We know this, that when one comes to Jesus Christ and we're saved, we're forgiven, we're made a new creation, or the righteousness of Christ comes upon us, what? The Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of believers. So now, in a sense, and Paul's continuing this building analogy, hey, now we're temples. We're temples of God because the Spirit of God lives in in us, and and we're like this temple. We're this temple building now. Interesting the word temple here in the Greek is naos, which means inner sanctuary. Paul doesn't use the word kieron, which is a general term for all the temple facility. No. He says, you're now You're that inner part of the temple. You're like where the ark is, or the presence of God is. You're that inner part of the sanctuary where you meet with God in the Jewish temple. So, hey, you guys know you as believers with the Holy Spirit living, residing inside you. You're like a Holy temple, a holy sanctuary of God. Now, he says, verse 17. If anyone defiles the temple of God, that's you, right? God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. You're holy because of the Spirit of God, because of Jesus Christ. You're you're it's sacred. You. And if anyone messes with that. And, and and defiles the temple, then you know what? God's going to really, really judge them. So what's what's Paul talking about? Well, he's saying, look, if, if say a false teacher comes in and they defile the temple by teaching false doctrine, the wisdom of the world, saying it's okay to sin and be fleshly, then you know what? God's going to destroy this unsafe, shady, scamming builder. And we've talked about that before in other studies, how false teachers, these, these guys will come in, and all they want is money. Yeah? All they want is notoriety and become famous and power through this. Yeah? And these guys, they don't really care about you. And so they, they say things to tickle your ears. They say things to, to make you, you like them. Paul's like, hey, these guys are defiling the temple. That's you. These shady builders, you know what? They're going to be judged for using materials that undermine truth and faith. Paul is being serious with these Corinthian believers to not give in. Remember in context of what we've been studying, not give in into the worldly philosophy or human wisdom that, that's leaking in here. He's saying, don't don't allow that in your church. Don't allow that in in your life. Because it's already causing this division and contentions. God will not tolerate that. All in all, our last point here today is this. Paul saying there will come a day of reckoning when your building will be tested by the fire of God. Day of reckoning is coming. A day when we stand, all of us stand before Jesus Christ as believers. There will come a day of reckoning when your building will be tested by the fire of God. It's important how we live today. It's important what's in our heart. It's important. It's not, not, well, I did this or I went through this ritual. No, our heart has to be there too. In the ESV study Bible, they have a note. They put it this way. Work that Christians do in Christ-like faith and obedience will survive and be rewarded. Work done in the power of the flesh or in disobedience to Scripture will not. You guys, it's time for us to look seriously into this passage, to look seriously into our lives. We we should we should ask ourselves what category do we belong to? Are we a good builder, a wasteful builder, a shady one? We we need to be serious about this because once we stand before God, we can't go back in time. Yeah, we can't go back and well, I like it. I like do them over again. No, once we stand before God, now's the time. Which one are you? Good builder, wasteful builder, a shady one? Maybe today is the day when you go home that you get on your knees and you spend that time before the Lord. Ask for forgiveness. And and God, help me to be that good builder. I've been a poor builder right now. I've been wasteful with the opportunities you've given me. I've been doing with wood, hay, and, and straw. Lord, I want to give you gold. I want to give you silver. I want to give you precious s- stones here. Lord, search my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. Show me my attitudes that are wrong. Show me the motives that are so selfish. So prideful. So about always me. Not about your glory, God. Not about what your will is. What your plan is. Not about others in my life. We got to do this now, guys. We got we to gotta change now. Because then time comes and I believe time is coming soon. Time Jesus is coming back, you guys. I was just showing my wife an article yesterday how Iran and Turkey are becoming more and more friendlier. It's all the Ezekiel thirty eight thirty nine stuff, you guys. I mean, they haven't been real good friends. But they're becoming friendlier. Things are set up more. Russia's right in the mix right there. Time is short. You know what? In the end, when I stand before Jesus, I want to still be standing. I don't want the smoke. Yeah, smell the smoke. Yeah. I want my building to be still there. How about you? I just read this yesterday. You know, when the Hurricane Harvey hit uh, Rockport, um, uh, a storm chaser was held up in a hotel in Rockport when... Hurricane Harvey hit the Texas coast. And he said, when it hit, the upper floors were like swaying. I was like, whoa, must, must be crazy. He said, the next morning, the lobby had flooded and there was substantial damage. But then he, he wrote this where he said, but the hotel, it was still standing. That's what I want to be, you guys. I want to still be standing, not just Jesus Christ, but even in this life. I want to build right. I want to build correctly on the foundation of Jesus yeah, that he has given me. His salvation, his new life, this, this, uh, this eternal life I have with him. I want to build right, correctly with the right materials. Because I won't even survive what I go through in this life, right? Jesus said in, in Matthew seven twenty four, how a wise man built his house upon a rock the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat that beat on that house. And then Jesus said, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Right? But, Jesus went on to say in Matthew 7, 24, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So when the rain came, the floods, rose up, the winds blew, and beat on the house. What happened? Jesus said, it fell, and great was its fall. So you guys, let's be building this church. Let's be building our lives as a temple of God. Let's build it with the right material. And let's get to it. Let's get to That's why we do what we do. That's why we serve. That's why we we come to church. That's why we worship. That's why we we take time to pray during the day. That's why we seek the Lord. That's why we, we go out and reach others for Jesus Christ. Because of gold, silver, precious stone because for the honor and glory of Jesus. For the one who saved us. For the one we love. That's why we build. I'll close with this. A man walked by a church building site. they putting up the structure and saw three stonemasons sweating over their work in the hot sun. The man went, went up to this first mason and said, hey, what are you doing? And the, the reply was, oh, just laying bricks. He then went to the second mason and said, what are you doing? Well, he said, well, I'm putting up a wall. Then he asked the third mason, so how about you? What are you doing? Well, the last man replied, And he smiled and he says, I'm building a cathedral for God. I love that. I love that. I like that perspective. I like that attitude. I like his heart and his motive there. That should be us, you guys. That should be us. And that's the way to build. And if you build it that way, it will be built to last. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word, God. Thank you for speaking to us, God. Lord, your spirit has been touching on areas and convicting us throughout this message, Lord. We all come before you, humble, Lord, broken, failed, Lord, sinners. But Lord, we come Lord yearning to be forgiven and to do what's right. We cry out to you, God, in our loss and our failures, Lord, and we ask that, Lord, you would pick us up, forgive us, cleanse us, and pick us up and help us, Lord, to build rightly. God, if it means to just take down what's the wood angel, then we take it down, Lord, and we start all over, but this time would go silver and precious stones. Lord, it is in us. It's our heart, God. We want to die to ourself. We want to, we want to set aside our pride, Lord. We, we want to say no to our flesh and free us, God, from those things and the areas that seem to, to chain us, Lord. break the chains, free us, God. Because in our heart, Lord, we want to have a pure heart and motive before you. We want to have a right attitude when we live and do things for you. God, help us today. Jesus, you're our foundation. And we want to build rightly, correctly, Lord. We want to be true to you as one day we will stand before you. And soon, Lord, we will be with you. And we want to be able to be not ashamed, God. We want to have no regrets, Lord. But with all of our hearts, we want to say, God, we did our best. I did my best. I tried, Lord. And God, we long to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Here we are, God. We lay our lives before you. Though it's broken, you can fix it. Though it's hurt, you can heal it. Though, God, we sinned again, you can free us from that bond. Only you can do that, God. Only you. So, Lord, change us. Make us whole. Form our character and let it be more and more like you, Jesus.